You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Glory to Jesus Christ. We thank God for that awesome time of praise and worship. I hope you were part of it because praise is something that we were created to do. Worshiping the Lord should be our primary objective in life in all we do. You know, we do not do in who we are. Our lives should be a worship offering unto the Lord. Father, we bless your name for today. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory for what you have already started, for how you have been with us since we started. Lord, for where we are today and for where we are going. Lord, we bless your holy name because we know that you are raising an army for yourself. People who will be godly people, who will shine your light to the world who will do all that you have commanded us to do on your behalf. In the name of Jesus. As your word will come today, Lord, empower it for impact. In the name of Jesus. Let them not be my words. Lord, let your words flow through me to impact the lives of your children like never before. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Can I hear a resounding amen from you? Amen. I especially welcome you back. To today's service in this month of November, we started considering skills for exploits, and we have done a few um, of the subject areas that are necessary for um, equipping God's people with the skills for exploit. The question is, does God want His children to have exploits? And the answer is a capital yes. So it is our duty as the leaders, those that God has called to lead His people to empower his people to go do exploits. And I hope you are enlisting in that army. Join that army if you are still trying to make up your mind. Can I make exploits in life? Can I not make exploits? I tell you, free of charge, God is having open recruitment for as many of his children who will rise and say, Lord, I want to be in the army of those who will make exploits for you on this planet and will make many people make heaven. Lord God, is ready to receive you into that army. So I hope you are ready for today. Today, our topic is chasing thousands. What did I call it? Chasing thousands. Today, we will be teaching on the power of godly collaboration. Godly collaboration. That is working together. Teamwork. Godly collaboration. The power that is available in it. The Bible says, if two of you shall agree concerning anything, two, we agree. He said that thing will be established. So that means there is power when we agree. When more than one person gets involved in an activity, we create a tremendous magnitude of abilities. We amplify the kind of results we can get. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Leviticus chapter 26. Leviticus chapter 26. I'm going to read from verse 3 to verse 8. Listen to what the word of God says. It says, If you walk in my statutes, and keep my commandments and perform them. That is, if you are godly, if you follow me, you follow the person, Sabi Road, as they say, follow Jesus. God says, if you follow and keep my commandments and perform them, then 
I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full, and dwell in your land safely. I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword will not go through your land. Listen, pay attention from verse 7 more. Said you will chase your enemies and they shall fall by the sword before you. That is, if you are following God, then you are empowered to chase your enemies and they fall before you. But verse 8 is my emphasis. It says, five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. I read that again. It says, five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. That is five people will chase 100 people. That ratio is 20. Hmm? It is 1 to 20. But it said if 100 of you gather together, you will chase 10,000. That means that ratio is 1 to 100. You are moving from 1 to 20 to 1 to 100. That is tremendous amplification is possible when godly people come together. That's what the Bible is saying. When godly people team up, agree to do something together, tremendous amplification of their abilities happens. What five people could have done is that they will chase 100. But it says if you guys can agree more, you godly people, if you can choose to align 100 of you, you will chase 10,000. So this is where we are picking our topic from. Chasing thousands. Chasing thousands. This collaboration of a thing, this teamwork of a thing, it didn't start today. It is not the business schools that taught us the, the importance of teamwork or collaboration, of working together, of unity. No, God started it. God started it. There are many things that we see in scriptures. A lot of them in the book of Genesis, virtually everything. There are seeds and indications of them. There are pointers and templates of them in the book of Genesis. So they, they are now expanded in the rest of the Bible and we now see application of them in the world. And some people who claim that they are secular thinkers, uh, they own business schools, they are business leaders, now make it look as if they are the ones that started some of these concepts. No, God, the originator of life, started this concept in the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. You know, we, we quote this scripture um, in relation to marriage of husband and wife alone. But we also do not see certain other things that are hidden beyond the union of a man and a woman. Remember, when God created man, he created man, he created Adam. He created mankind actually when he created Adam because Eve was eating inside of Adam. So it was mankind that God created because he brought Eve out of Adam. Eve was not an afterthought. She was inside of Adam. Created and hidden inside of Adam. So listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. It is not good that man should be alone. Pause there. Indeed, it is not good for mankind to be alone. Why? Because everybody needs a helper in life. 
not just men, women need helpers in life. Not just children, adults need helpers in life. Not just bosses, servants need helpers in life. Not just foreigners, indigenous need helpers in life. So whatever your level, no matter which mode you fit into, no matter your profile, you need a helper in life. The type of helper may now differ. So depending on the type of relationship we are talking about, but the fact that everybody needs to team up with somebody else, to collaborate with somebody else, to require the help of somebody else, or to provide help to somebody else, is fundamental to all humankind. You are Muslim, you are Christian, you are Hindu, you are male, you are female, you are dark, you are fair, you are short, you are tall, you are fat, you are thin. It doesn't matter. Everybody needs help. But, wait, this is where the problem now is. Collaboration is good. But if you go and collaborate with somebody bad, the outcome will also be amplified. Hmm? If you collaborate with somebody good, the outcome will also be amplified. That's why we need God to help us. And we need godly principles to guide us in how we even choose the people we team up with, we collaborate with, and how we behave in such a team or in such a collaboration. Do you understand? Certain people have aligned with other people, their lives have moved up. Some other people have aligned with other people, their lives have gone down. Some friends have brought some people down, some friends have taken some people up. Different kinds of events can happen depending on who you are aligning with. And that's why today my appeal to you will be to say, let God be the one guiding you so that you are careful in the kind of collaboration you enter into. There are many, 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 many successful people in scriptures. Time will fail me to go into all of those people. We will look at some of them. That we will see examples of how collaboration helped them. There are many others. We will see examples of how collaboration ruined them. Collaboration. It can help and it can ruin. Maybe I should start from those that it ruined first. Then we go to those that it helped. See how it helped them and see what we can learn from them. Some of the people that collaboration ruined was a man called Amnon. His friend was Jonadab. His friend gave him a bad advice that eventually ended his life. Made him to rape his sister and ended his life. That was a bad collaboration. There was a time that Saul, the first king of en, en, uh, this first king of Israel, went to collaborate with the witch of Endor. He went to seek uh, occultic help. That collaboration ended badly for him. There are times that people have aligned themselves with others that have brought them down. There is a very popular king in scriptures. His name, King Jehoshaphat. He started well, but he ended up in a collaboration that eventually made his life to end badly. You, somebody wanted to go to war. And he said, okay, my friend, come now, come and join us and let us go to war. God saved him in one case. At another case, he ended up badly. So there are times that you go and join yourself with somebody that will drag your life down. It doesn't have to be so. It doesn't have to be so. Don't join a company that will drag you down. There are people who have entered into business partnerships that brought them down. 
they signed agreements with somebody that brought them down. There are certain singers, musicians in this country, they joined a music label. That is kind of a partnership. Yes? That is a kind of agreement. You enter into that partnership with the music label and that is what brought them down. Some people, whatever relationship they entered into, man, female, man and woman, they entered that relationship. Their, life was, were, uh, their lives were going well before they entered that relationship. As soon as they entered the relationship, everything scattered. Young people, listen, pay attention and learn. Relationships can make you or can mar you. And that's why you cannot enter into any kind of relationship whatsoever. Friendship inclusive. Without paying attention to what the Spirit of God will be leading you to do. Why? Because the art of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Somebody can appear friendly, loving, inviting. You don't know what is really in their hearts. So, Everything that is good, the devil tries to take advantage of it and make a bad version of it. A counterfeit version of it to discredit it. To make it look like, ah, it's better I will just stay on my own home because I don't want wala. I don't want to go and team up with anybody. But teaming up is God's idea. It's not the devil's idea. So if you do it the way God wants it done, you will get the kind of results that God said is possible, which is chasing thousands. A multiplier effect. A geometric progression, not even arithmetic. A geometric exponential progression is possible when you follow God's approach, guidelines, and templates for alignment, for collaboration, for teamwork. And it is very important. One thing I have found that is very uh, key is that all of these kind of collaborations... Many of them end in the word ship. S-H-I-P. Many of the types of collaboration that um, we can see, we see that many of them end in the word ship. S-H-I-P. So we will learn a bit about different kind of ships. Why? Even the word ship, you know, you know ship like, like a boat, a big boat, is a vessel or a vehicle that carries people from one place to another. Is that not? <laughs> Listen, you know, a ship is a vehicle, like a car, like a train, like an airplane, that carries people from one place to another, point A to point B. The first thing I'm seeing there is that usually the ship will not have only one person. There are other people in the ship. So, any direction you want to go in life, be sure that there is somebody else going in that direction. Whether it's a good direction or a bad direction. As a matter of fact, we have seen that many successful people did not succeed alone. There is empirical fact in contemporary life. Check through history. Check through our nations. Check through different nations. Check through companies. Check through churches. Check through different organizations. Those who were successful were not successful alone. There was always one or two persons that was in that ship with them. That moved them from where they were to where they are now and is carrying them to where they are going. The same thing for those that failed. Most of the time, those that failed did not fail alone. There must be one partner in crime. One person that accompanied them 
that enabled them, that ended them in failing. Do you understand? That's why most of the robberies you have even seen, they are, most of the time, the big ones, they are not solo robberies. It's a teamwork. Teamwork to do evil. Companion of evil people. Many projects that have succeeded, it is succeed by the effort of one man. It's usually a team, a committee, a group of people, whether small or many, that come together to put their hands and hands together and their resources together to make that thing succeed. So, anything you want to do, you are never alone in it. There are other people that are also going in that direction. So, if I were you, if I want to go to somewhere great in life, somewhere good in life, I know that I'm not the only one going there. There must be somebody else who is also going in that great direction. It is my duty under God to look for that person. To prayerfully ask that God will connect us. Because when that connection happens, the, my chances of getting to where I'm going increases because we enter the same boat. Remember, when Jonah was running away from God, God said, oh God, Jonah, go to Nineveh and go and preach. He said, no, 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 no. I want to go to another place. He first went to Joppa. Then he went to enter a ship in Joppa. <laughs> going to Tashish. Guess what? As he was going to that ship in Joppa, it was not only him that entered that boat. There were other people who were also going to Tashish. Tashish for Job, I mean for Jonah, was not the destination of God for his life. Was not the will of God for his life. God was not sending him to Tashish. But guess what? There were still other people that were interested in going to a place that was not the will of God for Jonah. Jonah went to align himself to a people that were going to a direction other than the one God wanted him to go. We know how the story ended. How eventually trouble happened because a bad person entered their team. Do you understand how important this collaboration is? And how careful we have to be about who and who we are in a team with. Because that person can bring his own bad luck and scatter everybody's uh, journey. Because of Jonah, they lost a lot of things. They were throwing their own goods with their own hands. The, the things that they carried, things that were important to them, they were throwing it into the sea because of the storm. Hoping that the, the storm will, will reduce, the ship will be safe. They lost everything. Until the point somebody said, hey, this thing is not ordinary. This thing is not ordinary. Let us find out spiritually what happened and they used their own spiritual approach to find out what happened. Eventually, they zeroed in on the person who was responsible and they found out it was uh, Jonah. Bible said a decision, a bad decision, I won't say a bad decision, a difficult decision was made to say, sorry, Mr. Jonah, prophet Jonah, we have to throw you into the sea. God, forgive us though, but we have to eject this man from our team. When they threw him out, the, the ship became okay. The storm calmed down. And they could continue on their own rightful journey because it was a wrong person that joined their journey that they have evicted. These things are deep. I don't have enough time to teach you on it. But I pray, Holy Ghost, we open your eyes, we open your heart, you will understand the gravity of this message, the importance of it. You will be prayerful. You will be careful. In the kind of relationships or other kind of ships you join in life. 
the Lord will help you. You will not miss it. In the name of Jesus, the friend that will lure you away from your God-given destiny, you will not have such friends. If you have such friends, I break such relationships. In the name of Jesus, those who will come into your life and derail you, those who will come into your life in a parasitic relationship and destroy you, may the Lord rebuke them for your sakes. May the Lord rebuke them for your sakes. May the Lord prevent them from having access to your life. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord shield you. May the Lord protect you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hey! Kapa la bipa lede de zikato zoto shea. Lapeko zoto zay. As many that are in a relationship already, whatever kind of relationship, that we man their God-given destiny. Today, I sponsor that kind of event that will end such relationship in the interest of your success. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord will deliver you. The Lord will send a deliverer who will deliver you from such evil relationships. In the name of Jesus Christ, for as many who are stranded and looking for help, asking, Lord God, where will help come from? May the Lord send you someone who will connect you to your next level in the name of Jesus that person that you need to collaborate with that you need to team up with that will help you, realign you to follow the will of God for your life, may such person come speedily in the name of Jesus, in Jesus name of I declare, let's continue to teach, let's continue to preach I'll show you some examples in scriptures of godly people who follow godly examples of how to collaborate and got good results from it. I'm going to the book of Exodus. I'll read Exodus chapter 17. I'm going to read from verse 8 to 13. Exodus chapter 17. I'm going to read from verse 8 to 13. Listen, this is about Moses. Moses. A collaboration example, case study of Moses. The Bible says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out. Fight with Amalek tomorrow. Fight with Amalek. So there we already see somebody else apart from Moses. We see who? We see Joshua. What is the kind of relationship between Joshua and Moses? Joshua was like a disciple of Moses. He was his assistant. He was the one that was always following him, ministering unto him. So Moses was his mentor. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all that when God was going to tell Moses to hand over, the person he told him to hand over to was Joshua. Because of that kind of relationship called mentorship and discipleship. It's a ship. Mentorship and discipleship. That's the kind of relationship between Joshua and Moses. So, God told uh, Moses, when Moses was going, he said, hand over to Joshua. If you go back to the book of Joshua chapter 1, and you begin from the beginning, when God was now speaking to Joshua, you know, at his inauguration, so to speak, at his inauguration, God told Joshua, he said, Joshua, my servant Moses is dead. Now rise! So, God was saying, I have chosen you, I didn't make a mistake. Why? I have seen the relationship. I have seen that you have benefited from relationship. Today also, this is something we can learn. Many young people want to be solo. There is somebody out there that you need to go and learn under. That you need to serve. That you need to watch. That needs to groom you. 
to become all that you are meant to become in life. If not for Moses, Joshua's name may not even be in the scriptures this much. It may not be in this uh, in the scripture this much. And what God did through Joshua, he, he might have missed it in life. So connecting with Moses and servicing that relationship because it requires something to do in a relationship is give and take. So he was a servant to Moses. So Moses was a mentor to him. He was a disciple to Moses. Moses was a leader to him. Do you understand? You are seeing all kinds of things. Leadership, followership, mentorship, discipleship. So these are the examples in the scriptures. Okay, I continue reading. I'm still reading that Exodus chapter 17. I just read verse 8. So I'm going on. Say, tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him. Joshua was an obedient disciple. He did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and all went up to the top of the hill. Uh -uh. We have seen two new people. Okay, we have seen Joshua. But the Bible is introducing two new people. Aaron and Or. Who are these people? We are going to see them and what they did later. Okay. Um, Aaron Aaron, and Or went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Do you understand what's going on here? The power of God was upon Moses, was the anointed man of God. So as Amalek was fighting against Israel, the man of God was doing his own spiritual work, raising the rod of God upon the hill, hmm? carrying it. Each time his hand was up, Israel was winning. Each time his hands were down, Israel was losing and Amalek was winning. And that's not what you want. You don't want the enemy to be winning. So, but because Moses, the servant of God, is still a man. So he was physically in need of help because his hands were getting tired. So he needed people to help him. Remember, Joshua, his servant, was on the field fighting like a soldier, leading the army, doing the physical work. While Moses was on top of the hill, as a spiritual leader, doing the spiritual work. But even in his spiritual work, he needed assistance. He needed help from his brother, Aaron. That's another kind of relationship. Family relationship. His brother, Aaron. And Hor was there to help him. So I continue reading. So, um, verse 12. Say, but Moses' hands became heavy. Moses is human, just like us. So they took a stone and put it under him. Who took stone? Aaron and Or. Do you understand? To support him. They provided support system for Moses. Aaron and Or provided support system for Moses. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Or supported his hands. One on one side and the other on the other sides. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So they first put a, a stone like a seat. He said, sit down here. They gave him a platform, a, a place to sit so that he would be more comfortable. Sit down here. Then one person held one hand here. The other person held the other hand and kept it up so that Israel can continue to win. What do you call that? That is called partnership. Hello? That is a ship. 
partnership. They collaborated with the man of God in his spiritual activities by partnering with him. So this is a kind of example we see in scriptures that these things work. Let's look at another example. I will go to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 2. I'll go to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 2. Holy Spirit, carry me you. Daniel chapter 2 I'm going to read verse 16 to verse 19 verse 16 says so Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time I'll give you a little background there was a king a very big king in fact he was an emperor because he was leading an empire a very big part of the world as at that time his name was Nebuchadnezzar. He had a dream that he did not want to tell anybody, but he wanted interpretation because he was afraid if he told people, they can lie to him and give him an interpretation that is not correct. So he wanted someone who was 200% sure, not 100% sure, that would not only tell him the dream, but tell him an accurate interpretation because he trusted that if you can spiritually find the exact dream, I will trust your diagnosis and recommendation on what to do about the dream. Do you understand what the king did? So, what the king did, in my opinion, is very wicked. <laughs> and the people he told, the magicians, the astrologers, you know, the, the kind of people who had spiritual powers that are not godly spiritual powers, that he talked with, they told him, Oga, Oga king, this thing you're asking for is, is not easy. Tell us the dream. And I said, no, 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 I'm not telling you. Said, because no king has ever asked anybody this. They said, hey, you are calling me a wicked king, eh? You are calling me a wicked king. Okay. All of you, I'm going to kill all of you. All the wise men, all the astrologers, all the magicians. But Daniel was among the wise men. So that means not only the people who, who use their mouth to say something they should not have said to the king will now die. Daniel, who was not there, him and his friends, who were wise men, trained wise men, will also be killed because the king has made a declaration. And when the king makes the declaration like that, the executioners are fast. They just want to go and do the work. So someone came to meet Daniel and said, well, you see, the king has asked God to keep all the astrologers, all the wise men, all the, uh, the um, soothsayers, whatever. And you, Daniel, you are part of them also. Then they said, ah, why is this thing so urgent? So that's what is the background of this message. So I'm going to read verse 16. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time. Say, please, sir, don't execute yet. Please, give us time. Give us time. That he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Ananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, his companions. Hmm. Those names mentioned, they are the names we popularly known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. His companions. What does companion mean? His teammates, his friends. Friendship. Friendship. So, that they might do what? They might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secrets. So that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. We know how the story ended. What are we trying to bring out here? The people 
that Daniel collaborated with were his companions. Friends. Friendship. So that's another kind of ship. Friendship. Young man, young woman, teenager, young adult, parents and others that are listening today. Who are your friends? Which friends can you point to? Do you have godly friends? In a time like this where it was a matter of life and death because this was the situation. It was a matter of life and death. Do you have such a friend that can be your prayer partner? That can stand with you in the gap when it matters? To say we will seek the face of the Lord. We will seek the mercy of the Lord to prevent us from dying. But not only us. The rest of people like us prevent them from dying. Do you have such friends? Are you keeping such friendships? Because one day, it will either make or mar you. You have to choose your friendship carefully and prayerfully. I'll read another scripture. I'm going to read the book of... Um, I won't read it. It's too long. Ah, there's no time. I'll just tell you the story. You will see the story in the book of First Samuel chapter 19. First Samuel, Samuel chapter 20. It's two chapters. It's too long. I don't have time to read it. The story is about David and Jonathan. Still talking on the point of friendship. Still talking on the point of friendship. See, this is something that, that for me is very, very serious. Listen to what I'm about to say. No matter how anointed you are, no matter how gifted you are, no matter the gift and calling of God on your life, if you choose a solo life, you will be limited. If you choose not to collaborate, you will be limited. I'm not saying you will not make some success, so don't misquote me. But fulfilling and accomplishing all that is possible will be difficult if you are doing it alone. David was already anointed by God. It's in chapter 17. David was already anointed. The anointing of God was already put upon David. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, the man of God, uh, Samuel, went to David's house and anointed him. I beg your pardon, it's in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. David was already anointed king. Anointed king. <laughs> God sent Samuel to go and anoint him king. As far as God was concerned, the anointing to become king was already upon him. But he didn't become king immediately, did he? <laughs> no. In fact, he had to go and serve first. To serve in Saul's house. Then in Saul's army. He served first. Then he became friends. He entered a relationship called friendship with Saul's son called Jonathan. That friendship, looking back, proved to be very instrumental, pivotal, necessary, vital for David upon his anointing to become king. The anointing might have not been sufficient for him to become king without the ministry of Jonathan in his life. At this point in time, Jonathan shielded him. Saul would have murdered uh, David many times. Jonathan shielded him. Jonathan protected him. Jonathan spoke well about him to his father. 
tried to say this boy David is a good man even against Jonathan's own interest I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying you see Jonathan was the son of Saul qualified to be king he was the heir apparent he should be king after Saul if you are following normal order of life because when David was going to die it was the son of David Solomon that became king after David do you understand it was almost normal in that time that when a king dies the next person that will become a king will be the son of that king it was almost normal all the kingdoms around Israel were practicing it even though Saul was the first king of Israel it was normal to copy that style from around so Jonathan was the heir apparent to the throne against his own personal interest Jonathan helped David to be king do you understand what I'm saying may God give you such friends who will not envy you may God give you such friends who will enable you and you too may you be loyal hmm. may you remember who helped you to get to the throne because when jo David became king he said ah is this somebody in the house of, of Saul that I might do him good? He remembered Jonathan, his friend. He said, I hear that he has a son. Somebody told him. He said, Jonathan, your friend, had a son called Mephibosheth. And the guy is crippled now. He's in a lost village called Lodeba. David said, go and bring him for me. Anywhere, anyhow, go and bring him for me. He must be sitting and eating with me on my table. Jonathan was good to David. David was loyal to him even when Jonathan had died. So it's a two-way thing. You must show loyalty. So this was something that upon the anointing, without such a ship called friendship, it would have been difficult for um, David to have become king. Another vital example I want to give is our sister Adassa called Esther. Esther, you know the book of Esther very well. And you know the role of family relationship and mentorship that Mordecai played in the life of Esther. If not for Mordecai, <laughs> Esther might have never become king in that country. She might have never become king, I mean queen. Why? Because when she was an orphan, it was Mordecai, a senior um, person in their family in the extended family, that took her in and trained her as if she were his own daughter. Do you understand? The kind of ship. And he mentored her, coached her. But he was not the only mentor in her life. There's a man that is not popular. I will, let me just quickly go to the book of Esther. The book of Esther. There's someone I want to highlight there. He's not very popular, but he played a very important role in Esther becoming queen. I'm going to read the book of Esther chapter 2 verse 15. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, Now, when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king, she requested nothing but what Agai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. There's a name mentioned there. Agai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, 
the advice that he gave to Esther. That is an instructor. The, the Bible called him the custodian of the women. So he was in charge of training the women who were in that beauty pageants. Because what Esther went for was a beauty pageant. He was the instructor. He was the tutor. So the relationship was a tutorship relationship. Tutorship. He trained Esther. He taught Esther. Instructed Esther. Advised Esther. This is what you should do. This is how you should go. Don't take this. The Bible says she took nothing except... Look, look at what the Bible says now. Says she requested nothing but what a guy, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the woman, advised. Nothing additional to what she was taught. You know, she has already been trained by Mordecai. But now she was being taught by a guy, the eunuch, custodian of the women. So tutorship is another thing. Some of us today, by the grace of God, are benefiting from the work of great teachers who have taught us. Some taught us in physical schools. Some taught us in Sunday school. Some taught us in church as teachers. We thank God for them. We celebrate them. Without them, many of us will not be where we are today or we will not be going to where we are going today. It's a vital relationship. Those who teach you, how do you, how do you relate with them? How do you even choose who teaches you? Who do you sit under to teach you? What are they teaching you? These are the kind of relationships. Tutorship is a relationship that can make or mark somebody in life. Do you understand? I need to rush now. Um, needless to say that even our Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't do the work alone. He, he was God on earth. Both God and man. He had the Holy Spirit without measure. So what level of anointing are you talking about? But guess what? Jesus did not do the work alone. He gathered 12 people as the disciples that became apostles. The Bible says he even had 72 others. Do you understand? There were 72 others that he was still training and sending out, equipping for the work of ministry. There was a 120. Do you understand? He didn't do the work alone. So collaboration is too important for us to neglect. But we have to do it properly. There are other kinds of relationships. I mean, other kinds of ship that I, won't, I don't have enough time to go into. Relationship. And this is for younger people. I'm not talking to teenagers now. Um, I'm talking about uh, younger adults who are older than teenagers who are in relationship or about to enter a relationship. Do what the word of God says. There is a protocol and principle for everything in life. Friendship. I've talked about friendship. Fellowship is another kind of ship that people have entered that can make them or mad them. Some people join the fellowship on campus, their lives scattered. I'm telling you, some is a church they joined, and the church, they, because of they joined a particular church, their lives scattered. Some join the fellowship, their life move up. Some join the church, their life move up. Fellowship is a kind of ship because each church is going somewhere. Our church, Foundation of Truth Assembly, we know where we are going. Raising a godly people. Do you understand? Each church has its own vision, where they are going. So as you are joining, know that you are joining them to where they are going. Be very careful about fellowships. Join the one that is going to where you would like to go because each one is going somewhere. Another kind of ship is leadership. Some people enter leadership and they compromise their faith. Some people enter leadership and they told them in this leadership we have to join the cult. To continue to become and remain part of this leadership, you have to join the cult. 
Some people enter leadership, their potentials blossomed. They became better people. Another very salient kind of ship that I've bred people is what I call sponsorship. Sponsorship. Because some people are looking for sponsorship, they have compromised the faith. They went to join the competition. They went to do something. They went to obtain some powers to blow for sponsorship. And they blow away. They were blown away. Some have sold their soul because of sponsorship so that the world will be clapping for them. The world will endorse them and they can become an ambassador of so-so-so branch, an ambassador of Indian Emp Company, an ambassador of... I, I, don't, I, I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Some have shipwrecked their faith because of sponsorship. Denied the faith because of sponsorship. I don't have time to go into all that. How can you leverage on collaboration? Based on all of this we have said, and many things we are not able to say because of time, I'll give you five things. Number one, stand for unity and not division. Anywhere you are, in any team you are, be a unifier, not somebody who is causing division. Don't be the person causing division in your team. Be the person rallying everybody together. Unity is a godly concept. It's a godly thing to do. Unity is a godly thing to do. Number two, Make sure you contribute your part to a team. Don't be the idle person in a team. Don't be the weak link in a team. Contribute your part. Don't stand idle, waiting for others to do it. Number three, be helpful to others in your team. Because it's teamwork. If they fail, all of you have failed. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, I did my own part. Well, if you did not help others to do their own part, or you see that there are gaps, you don't quickly identify it and support all of you will fail together. So you have to help others in your team. Number four, you have to be loyal at all times. We talked about the example of David. In a team for collaboration to work, any kind of ship, loyalty is an important ingredient. Last but not the least, you have to be prayerful because you do not know the heart of people that you are in collaboration with. Let God reveal men to you. Let God introduce men to you. Let God guide you. Let the Lord keep you. And as I round off, I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord will preserve you. He will enable you to enter and stay into godly collaborations that will help your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord be with you. See you next time by the grace of God. God bless you. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dalda Street off Eric Mosso, Lagos. God bless you.